hey, 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 what's up, everybody? I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Reggie Pace, and welcome to the PaceCast, brought to you by the Hustle Season Network and RVA Magazine. This first episode is one of my good friends, Mr. Matt White, founder of Space Bomb Records, uh, and he also has his own music under Matthew E. White. Space Bomb Records is a local record label that's been moving and shaking in town for a while now, and we'll talk about that. Matt has a new album coming out in 2020, uh, and Space Bomb has all kinds of stuff coming out. The Richmond Folk Festival album is October 11th. Andy Jenkins' EP is coming out October 18th. Sin Kane Alive at Space Bomb, that's going to be December 6th. Angelica Garcia, her album's coming out in 2020. Nadia Reed's album's coming out in 2020. And even more. You can find out more information at spacebombrecords.com. You can find Matthew E. White on all of his social medias. And you can find me at Reggie Pace on all the social medias. You can also follow No BS Brass and the Hustle Season podcast. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you're out for a walk in your earbuds or cooking or driving in your car or whatever you're doing. I appreciate it. Episode 1 of the Pacecast featuring Matthew E. White starts right now. Of the people that we were around, our contemporaries, you were like a lot more organized in general. You had like this notebook you carried around and like like you were definitely saw ahead to making some sort of thing. Yeah. An establishment almost like uh early like I remember that. I remember when I, I don't know exactly where that came from. I mean, maybe that's right. I don't know. I I, I remember when we when we did Patrick Collective, which was something Shout out Scott Burton. Yeah, Scott Chris Burton, Elford. Chris Elford, Brian Hooten, like when we did that, that was like basically what it was was a production company. We mm-hmm. didn't ever think of it like that at the time, but looking back on it, that's what it was. It was like a booking and production company, and we brought in basically avant-garde music. Um, and then we tried to, we were actively trying to encourage local composers and local original music, which mm-hmm. I don't know how accurate this is, but when I first moved here and came to jazz school, my impression was it was kind of like standard like standards and bars kind of thing it was like people playing a lot of of the american songbook standard material and there wasn't a lot of original composition that could be wrong in, in the genre you mean yeah yeah in jazz. yeah in, in jazz yeah i don't know how accurate that really is but that was what i that's what it felt like that's what it felt like and brian jones was not doing that that was a huge in devil's workshop those guys that was like a huge massive inspiration to I me. think we all gravitated yeah. to them to and, that scene yeah definitely and so Patrick Collective was kind of this you know we tried to sort of codify that a little bit or, or mm-hmm. provide like a actual venues or a place and it was a promotions company man we were promoting shows and 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 bringing in kind of like curating shows and like asking people I mean that's what I took from it. You guys were curating sh- like people who would have never came to town, yeah. and and you were I felt like actively crossing genres yeah. within the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was on purpose and for the audience. Yeah, and and but there was a bit. I mean, we used to talk a lot about like importing and exporting of Richmond and how it was important to create an economy. I mean, I talked about that. We talked about that really early on. Was trying to create a, an economy here, and like that would take importing musicians here to kind of try to know about like I wanted people to move here man that was mm. like early on like I wanted people to move to Richmond because of the music scene right and that's happened a few times it <laughs> I, did yeah. yeah it started to happen a little bit and 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 then I wanted to provide an opportunity or to provide a network for us to go out and and for me to go out and like show my music or you know like to tour and do stuff like that and all of that was what's funny is like all of that was like under basically the avant-garde umbrella Mm -hmm. like that was it was like that was what i was focused on was you know like we went up to chicago and this ken Ken vandermark stuff that's sort of fight the big bull but Mm -hmm. that was 
back to Patrick Collective. So creating an economy and like the import export thing. We did talk about that early on and then Space Bomb ended up being the kind of like mega version of that. It was like the the really focused like thing that I felt like could actually do that. Um, and you speak about I skipped over all of Fight the Big Bull. No, we're not going to go. I'm just cool. I'm, I'm going to go back. <laughs> you know, Fight the Big Bull, you know, um, at the time was like a still its own weird little animal, though. Yeah, no, well, that's p- what no pun say. intended. It's like, yeah. it's like Patrick Collective birthed Fight the Big Bull, and the Patrick Collective kind of went away, mm-hmm. honestly, because I think, or at least for me, time. It hit. It, yeah, we, we kind of put in our time, but it also it had opened up doors. I mean, it had opened up venues that it had created a little bit of an audience for people to play original music, and people would come out and see it. I mean, like, like that was, we, you know, we had kind of broken down a, some barriers in terms of just creating a little bit of a scene, and by the time Fight the Big Bull started and we, and we were doing, like, the bi-weekly thing at Couscous, like, people were coming to that, and mm-hmm. so that was sort of... That was just the goal <laughs> in general was to create a, an environment where people were there and you could write anything and play anything. And we did that for like five years, mm-hmm. something like that. It was a long yeah. ass time. And, and, or it seemed like a really long time. Then when I look back on it, it doesn't seem like as long. But, and that, and, and then Fight the Big Bull was really like in terms of me as a musician, like learning how to do everything. Learning how to write, learning how to, yeah, just totally finding my voice, learning how to write, learning how to get shit done, Mm. learning how to lead, making mistakes, like doing things well and and seeing some success. I mean, Fight the Big Bull had had more success than it should have. It was popping for a jazz, jazz big band. For for all things considered, (laughs) I mean, it's like, I sort of tell people, I was like, I almost had like a jazz career. Like I almost, almost, almost almost had a jazz career. We were on the cover, (laughs) we were on the cover of Jazz Times Magazine. Yeah. Like that's, it's so funny when I look back on that and I played for my wife who never heard Fight the Big Bull, like. Which is amazing, by the way. Which is funny, but like, (laughs) like. I played for her the the I found uh, the the fresh air oh, uh-huh. the fresh air thing which was it I mean that was like that was the break yes it was like Kevin Whitehead is a well known jazz critic like reviewed our four song what the record label called a record but it was really like a demo EP well I mean the songs are like thirteen minutes long yeah, so well, it was yeah. all, it was pretty much a record yeah and like he reviewed it on. NPR's Fresh Air and gave it an incredible review. Played clips. Yeah, played yeah, played clips and said it was great and it was amazing. Yeah. And like I, I think that that obviously gave us some a little bit of professional momentum. I mean, it was really it's really hard as you know. Right. Like any kind of ensemble that size like to get it actually working like for real. Like, like yeah. on, on like a on like the economy of it really working, which and it never quite made it there, but right. I mean, it almost never does unless you get a but, break. Yeah, exactly. And like, but then we did. Um, we were kind of starting to get work. Like we did the David Carson Daniels thing, which was like a collaboration with this singer songwriter named David Carson Daniels, who mm-hmm. we did the arrangements for. I did the arrangements for we played and we were like the backing band and there was some stuff like that it was kind of starting to pop off a little bit I feel like that was the proto space bomb idea was was like a singer and then you were trying to write around a voice but he had also he had mad opinions about how it was going to go (laughs) and like what it was going to sound like you know like um, <laughs> before we get to there, I mean, I feel like the other thing that was helping the bubble was all of us, that this is what I think might be unique to the Richmond scene, at least at the time. Yeah. Like all of us played in all of our, ba- each other's yeah. bands. Like Brian had a band that was rolling. He had Ombach. It was, it yeah. was rolling. I mean, all that stuff uh, was going, man. Yeah. And Scott Burton was... closing the dark was rolling. No BS had just got, we, all the yeah. bands started at about started 2005, at right? Yeah. Ombach and Glows in the Dark and Fight the Big Bull. Jones was doing his, his Jones thing and Devil's stopped. Workshop was kind of ending. Yeah, in a way. I sort of see all that from the jazz perspective. Again, and this is like my my point of view. I'm sure I'm missing plenty, but as oh, like we a, can we talk about it. Ombach, glows in the dark, fight the big bull. That was no BS. Like that was like the front mm-hmm. of that whole thing. That thing, like yeah. Scott, Brian, me, and you. Like as band leaders, 
just kind of it was real fluid and really exciting. Honestly, they were trying some new shit, and um, you know, and there was always there was also a the rock scene was always kind of going, and uh, cities can be clicky. You know, as far as like what's okay and what's not okay, what's cool. And I remember there being like tons of pushback as far as like what we were doing. Like, was that jazz? You know, yeah, I, right, we still right, get that right, shit. Right. You know, fight the big bull. When we got, oh, when yeah. we went to Chicago, it wasn't free enough. Yeah, They're yeah, like, what is this? Pop <laughs> yeah, music? Yeah. You know, they, the same shoot. thing with the brass band. They go like, this ain't no band brass band. They're like, yeah. <laughs> well, how come y'all ain't play do what you want to? You can play yeah. it one time. Or is this like yeah. all of those, all of the things we do. Seem the genres seem to be split a little bit in a way that it can either pop or everybody hates it, or but I it's think like the two out or yeah. two in. But we, the thing we had, I think, around all those bands that was a little different was a social scene. Yeah, like we were all like partying, like <laughs> <laughs> at the shows yeah, and with each other, you know, playing some very kind of serious music and like. Having like you know a bunch of people just like college just sorority really, girls and it everybody. Was really, <laughs> the big ball is funny because it was like um, it was sort of like substance fueled. It was like in a, in a way that like isn't associated is much more associated with kind of avant garde of like rock music or yeah, not the avant garde of jazz music. Mm -mm. And yeah, it was pretty loose. And that was part of it, man. That was part of the that was part of the thing was that it was social and it was a party and you know We're doing it for the love. Yeah, I mean it was it was fun, man. Because it was, it, was feel it was supposed to be fun and it was supposed to be out and free and mm -hmm. wild, but it was supposed to be really fun. Yeah. And it was kind of like a, a like a darker, more rock and roll version of Devil's Workshop. Devil's Workshop was a lot more people, yeah, uh, a lot way more informed by big band culture yeah. and yeah. like a different thing. Um, so I feel like the next step from there was um, just the idea of making records independently was also happening within our little crew, and we it's like. A lot of the DIY punk scene and stuff yeah. that was already permeated a city. I think they were a good resource for us to like figure out even how to do that at all. Nowadays, that's that kind of thing is ingrained into musicians that yeah. are taking their first trumpet lesson, bro. I've taken, I've taught trumpet lessons for a kid that was in the seventh grade, and he definitely had his own fan page already up right. on <laughs> and his own website yeah. already. You I'm know, he couldn't play a G scale, yeah. but like. You I know, remember when it's you were a different like, vibe. When you were like, you got to get Twitter, man. You got to get Twitter for Fight the Big Bull. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, Twitter, yeah. Let's yeah, I was right about Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twitter lasted, right? There yeah, was mad right. shit about, there right. was like, uh, you know, MySpace didn't, yeah, make, know. didn't make it. <laughs> Facebook is just just like ads, ads yeah. and like older folk. It's like taking the place of uh, photo albums and high school reunions, yeah. essentially. Yeah. He's like, oh, I see, I see what he looked like. Uh, I'm good. I'm not yeah. going to. Him. Yeah. I'm not getting dressed up to go see what these dudes look like. <laughs> yeah, um, so okay. Um, so the brass band was rolling. Um, we all met. Uh, uh, what's the next uh, pin to put in it? Oh, uh, I was say Sounds of the South. Sounds, Sounds of the, the South, South. We got to talk about. Was big it was big. Um, I was. I already had Space Bomb as an idea was already launched by that point, like in my head, mm -hmm. and with Matt Rawls who was a part, the original partner. Like, we had started to talk about it. But it was very, 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 like, early. It, that, that idea took a long time to kind of get, get going. Um, and Sounds of the South was um, an event where um, Brad Cook and Phil Cook and Shout Joe Westerlin from Megaphone basically curated an event at Duke University that was Megaphon, their band, Fight the Big Bull, and Justin Vernon and Sharon Van Etten. Mm -hmm. um, Justin has a, what used to be in a band with the Megaphon guys, so there's like old connections there. and Cousins. Oh yeah, the cousins. Yeah. Let's forget that. <laughs> the cousins. <laughs> like, grew up together, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was kind of, I think it was kind of a reunion for them a little bit. That sounds the South thing. Justin had kind of been around the world a few times at that point. And uh, Justin Vernon from uh, Bon Iver is what he's talking about. Yep. And like, um, for Emma was just popping. It was still on, it was on MySpace, yeah. that record 
for a minute before it ended up being a real record. And then Skinny Love became like an actual hit song. Yeah. Um, ushering, it kind of ushering in the new st- sound of what's going to be popular rock music in a way. Yeah, of, definitely. You know, like definitely acoustic right rock. And the, the, the look, you know, I feel yeah. like in, in a way, a lot of what him him and his contemporaries, because, you know, Sufjan was already there, but he, he didn't, it was a different look and yeah. a different vibe. It was yeah, like... I'm a regular guy. I'm not shaven. I'm wearing yeah. this hat, you know, vibe, like, yeah. um, which was very different at the time because rock and roll is still pop, pop centric mm-hmm. as far as what people were hearing, you know. Um, and Radiohead, Radiohead was, they were in their own lane. Yeah. Um, so Sounds of the South, that was at Duke University and it was like um, um, a collection of music from the Alan Lomax Sounds of the South box set and then Matt and, Br- and uh, Brad wrote arrangements. For the uh, infill of of the music for uh, that ensemble, and we played it at Duke University twice, once. Yeah, How many times did we played that show? Two nights, at least two nights. At least two times, right? <laughs> I think it may have been three times I we played the show. I think it might have been three yeah. nights. Yeah, yeah. We eventually played it again in Australia yeah. uh, years, years later. Um, but that was kind of the first time that I had any um, experience working on like a pop. And not pop's not the right word, but a yeah. s- big stage, right? Yeah, Here's an established art artist. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna back up and like give shout outs to um, Gallery Five and uh, Nancy Reagan and uh, a lot of those venues because those bands from Durham in New York and in Richmond were all like traveling that little circuit together, and like lots of bands kind of linked up and made friends like through those those venues. So. It's very important to have like bands that come through town that aren't famous, famous, but or, or like on their way or whatever. Just have a, a fan base that isn't from yeah. your city, you know, in a different lane. Um, so that was really cool, and that's when I met Justin. And you wrote that one of y'all wrote that duet that I did with him, and then that's how I ended up. I put one thing in the air like a <laughs> basketball player. Um, <laughs> um, yes, that I, and then he ha- had me on his project from there, and then that was kind of like where. We weren't hanging out in anymore. Like it was like yeah, that was time funny, stretch, man, yeah. Because it's like, like I was saying earlier, like you don't know when you're in it, and you don't know when it's done. No, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like I, that was at the Sounds of the South was both like the best, highest moment for Fight the Big Bull, and also basically the end of it. In the end, yeah, just practically like. Large ensembles in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just it wasn't, to me, there was never any, it was a combination of Reggie left, which was super exciting. And that was a super positive, like, that was it. I mean, Reggie was the first person from the scene that, like, did it for real. Right. Like, went on tour, got in the bus, got paid, like, did, did it. And that was big time, I think, for everyone to see that that could happen and it there wasn't a, like a glass ceiling on it and like it just was a matter of like grinding and like figuring it out and and I mean it's a matter of a lot of things but like yeah. but it happened and right. it happened to one of us and like that was really exciting and and then that was I had like at Sounds of the South I talked to Sarah Sarah who Sarah Patrick Heath got who ran label called home tapes which was megaphone's label was kind of there at the event kind of like show running basically like producing it to some degree she was running around doing a lot of stuff but i i talked to her about i said i'm going to start a label what do i need to know and that's when that space bomb thing really kicked off and basically that began my next life of trying to get space bomb off the ground and that was a crazy little time right there because yeah. it fractured everything. It fractured friendships up. Yeah. It fractured up like, what are we going to do? You know, our time was all fucked up. And then, you know, that manifested into like, well, we can't play. Well, should we play? How come we're not playing? Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then like people are mad at me and I'm mad at every, every other people. And it's like, that's yeah, like. so messy. I mean, and musicians are fucking sensitive and we're dumb also. Dumb yeah. 20-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking some of it up to dumb. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, oh yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoulder a lot of that. Yeah, yeah me too. For sure, man. Like, yeah. uh, you know, and and like, 
Reggie's gone. South and South was great though, man. I mean, that was that was a incredible. That was a life changing moment. Yeah, life changing, musically, professionally, um, just really special. And all those people that were involved in that are in different places mm-hmm. now. It's wild to like look look back on it. Um, that was a really special. I mean, just incredible, just moment of you know my musical experience I'm yeah sure yours too, but. yeah oh and also oh also another the other band i feel like was really influential to what we were doing at the time was the great white jenkins oh, it was yeah. like you're like here's the vocal version yeah, yeah, with like some a, horns right yeah that was like a rock band that sort of like a psych rock band that i was in with my buddy andy jenkins and we did space bomb another space guitar yeah 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 space guitar that's good <laughs> um he yeah, and we did that, and Pinson and Cameron, who were in Fight the Big... I'm not, not Cameron, actually. Sorry, Cameron. Um, Pinson, who was was in that with me, was also in Fight the Big Bull, and that was kind of like the vote. And we would have horn arrangements and stuff, too. Right. So that was sort of like a proto, like, singer plus larger ensemble right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Matthews, shout out. Yeah, Nate Matthews, Nate's Bagels. Nate's uh, Bagels, we get some of them shits, boy. <laughs> um uh, it's so, so that kind of took it in a different direction. And also Cameron and Scott Clark had another band a lot oh, yeah. oh, and yeah, another yeah. psych, a psychedelic band that was a little different, but coming out of the same pocket a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah so there was, sure. so at one point, you know, all of us were legit playing shows with eight bands in, yeah. in different ways, you know, um, did some collabo shows. We did a lot of shows together yeah. and then space bomb. Okay. So we got we got to the point of like Matt's got mad time on his hands, and like let's just figure out yeah, I mean, this Space label Bomb, thing. Space Bomb was like a real deal shot at like creating a music business. Was like I felt like the idea. It was. It seems like a. I mean, like a really simple idea now, and it, maybe it was then, but maybe that's why it worked. It was just like the idea of a house band where you invited people to come in. And you produced the records for them, and then you released it. And to me, I felt like I felt like I wanted—I had a voice or a growing voice as a producer slash arranger that I wanted to exercise. And I felt like that's where I was going to land if I was going to land anywhere. Was kind of doing that kind of thing, which is sort of ostensibly what I was doing with Fight the Big Bull. And that's right. I don't know if any of you guys probably don't know, but Matt. Can play the guitar, for what I understand. <laughs> but he just, just bailed on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I play with live. Yeah, you know. Um, and, um, and I kind of did the same thing with trombone sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it was just kind of like, this is an idea. And it felt like really simple and really direct. And felt like I had a lot of outlets that like it could work like as a record label, could work as a production company. Basically what we're doing now, it could work like, it could work on the publishing side of things. Like that, there were lots of ways that it could generate. It was almost like Patchwork Collective meets Fight the Big Bull. It was kind of just the next thing. Um, very or- organized. Or, well, I thought of it as very organized. It's, it it's, diff- it's difficult, or- you know. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as nearly as organized as I thought of it as. But that was the intention: was for it to be kind of you know, just like a, a more, uh, professional. Yeah. Maybe for, profe- I don't, I don't really know, but just a more, like I knew that it was going to be kind of a big, a big shot. Like it was, it was like, okay, we're going to th- basically serious. I was really serious about it. And, and I wanted it to be, I wanted it to work. And I felt like it had legs. Like the, I felt like the idea similar to Patrick and similar to fight the big bull. I felt like the idea kind of went on its own. Anytime I talked to about it with somebody or like, I kind of got thinking about it. It was like an idea that worked. It just seemed like it worked. But then, really, the rubber hit the road when it was like, okay, well, let's figure out who's going to be a, fight, a space bomb. Who's going to do it first? Because basically, we were asking people, like, hey, come in, let us produce your record, engineer your record, promote your record, sell your record, sign you to a record deal. And it was just too much for anyone to agree to, which was silly for me at the time but made a lot of makes a lot of sense in retrospect. Right, because it's like they don't know like, yeah, what they don't know what the fuck what, I, what are you like yeah. you, you don't have a resume of yeah, any kind. I yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have I, I didn't have all I could point to was sort of like a you know uh an avant-garde big band that was sort of batting 
or punching above its weight a little bit. But like, <laughs> I got this big fan. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but like that's kind of all I had. And so I was like, well, I'll just make a record of my own as kind of like a, a business car for Space Bomb. And I was like, I'll just... And I wanted to do that. It wasn't totally pragmatic, but I did want to do that. But it wasn't because I thought of myself as a singer-songwriter or as like a front man or anything like that. It was, it was like, I feel like just the simple like rhythm section plus arrangements plus singer like let's just see what happens um and we did it and it you know like it went way this is beginner yeah this is beginner this is my first record and it went way better than it went great it went great it went great and it was completely uh life i mean completely life-changing for me it just in practical terms in terms of what i did I mean, I went from teaching, you know, 10 lessons every day to touring. Putting on suits and yeah, shit. But, yeah, like Getting doing, braids. Yeah, like doing... We- Walking doing, around in the James River in a white yeah, suit. Yeah, doing weird, <laughs> doing weird shit. I don't know, what the fuck. And, it was fine, it was hot at the time. Yeah, and, you know, that was that. Like, it, it just went really good. It was great for Space Bomb. Uh... So great, I mean, great for me. Let me talk. Let me uh, stop you for a second. Um, making a, a label is like extremely difficult. You want to yeah. just give like the most basic skeleton of like what that looks like. You're talking about. You need some place to record first. Yeah. You need some money as either yeah. is a loan or yeah. you know the the parents or whatever it is, and you need a, some people willing to do it for nothing for a while. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We had all of those things. We had. Yeah, it takes a lot, man. It, it, and I think we got, um, you know, we had an we had a a studio in my attic at, on Libby, which was where Pinson and Jesse and I lived, and that was that house kind of has its own story and was a really special place, and just recorded a lot of music there and partied a lot there. It was really great. Um, but there was an upstairs attic, this kind of finished attic that we recorded. Beginner in, um, along with some did some of the arrangements of minimum wage, shout out to Lance. Uh, and that was the spot we kind of made home. Um, Rawls, my partner Rawls was, <laughs> so I look back on it, we, he gave us a little bit of money, but it was a little bit of money at the time. It was a few mm-hmm. thousand dollars. And, I, and at the time, I thought it was just like... Flipped it. Yeah, I was just Ooh. like, I was like, man, this is the shit. We have a few thousand bucks. And like... That was it, man. That's what we started with, and then we, and then we, um, uh, Sarah Paget from Home Tapes helped, kind of came alongside and sort of helped us with a lot of the logistics in terms of di- distribution and just the kind of ins and outs of hiring a publicist, and and especially once the record kind of flipped into like international zone, like just navigating some of that. That was, and then you got your pressing of vinyl and all the kind of deadlines to meet. I mean, it's a, it's an administrative, it's an administrative shit show for sure. And, and that is exactly what it was. I mean, beginner first space bomb was, I mean, our heads were not above water. We were were way, way (laughs) below water, holding our breath, trying to do the best we could and, and just make it out. Honestly, man. I mean, it's funny. Beginner totally changed my life. I would say for sure. I would tell anybody this, that was the hardest year of my life. Right. Maybe the worst year of my life. Just sure. unbelievably difficult to navigate from like just having that happen and how that puts you, separates you from your community in a way. And, but, you know, you're really excited about it at the same time and sort of feeling like, that duality, and also just trying from a business, you're trying to, I wasn't only trying to launch like an artist career, it was like trying to pull up the whole record label at the same time, right. and and just trying to get that going, and then there was a whole... But you gotta work the record though. Yeah, you gotta work the record, I do that, yeah. and then we ended up, for very practical reasons, signing my artist career, basically to Domino Records, which is a bunch of music business shit that's probably too complicated to talk about here but it was worthwhile and needed to happen i don't know man but, this is this is nerd shit man but, let me but, get let me get like let me get a little a remedial but, version of what yeah, what does well, it I mean, look but, like to to sign well, as a thing as well, your own thing 
yeah, well, basically what happened, I mean, this is the same thing, not to compare myself to Elvis by any stretch, but it's the same thing that happens with Elvis' <laughs> son, is it happens to a lot of small labels, is when a record goes big, or goes bigger than they expected, the financial weight of repressing your, your initial stock is so much that you'd rather make a profit off licensing the record to a bigger label who can take that risk. Mm. So we ran out, we sold out our first five 5,000 like, like really fast. And we were already like in mega debt from pressing 5,000 records, sure. which, doesn't, which seems like you wouldn't be, but you are in it's like a lot of money. big time debt for that. Yeah. So what we were looking at as a label was like, okay, we're going to have to press another 25, 30,000, 50,000 oh records. So like if we're going to actually make a profit off of this, but what that puts you in is like six figures of debt or, and you don't, and you, and you don't have, you can't guarantee that you're going to make it back. Cause you could, you know, artists are hot for a second. And then they, and in fact, if we had done that, we would not have made it back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. If we had chosen you know that now. route, yeah. Bomb would have been, would have ended in would 2013. Yeah. And, um, so we made the decision as a company to license my record to Domino, and then I licensed that record to Domino, but then sold, then the rest of my, my recording now, my, my records now are all on Domino. So I'm a Domino recording artist, despite having started Space Bomb. And that made a lot of sense for Space Bomb, because there's Domino pays a chunk of money to, to, to license it, and that kept us going, honestly. That was the thing. They got us out of debt and like put a little bit of money in our pocket to like look ahead mm-hmm. and say like, okay, everyone still has to work for free, <laughs> but like we can make it, an- basically we can make another record. We can do it again. Um, and, the- but there was a lot of, inter- like, you know, everyone in space, I'm going to tell you this, like it was, it is, was not easy in the throes of like, getting beginner off the ground and the kind of like just trial by fire that that was to then have to deal with, Oh, Matt's gonna like leave and go to Domino. Like, even though that was necessary, that it's just, it was, you know, in a way it's bad optics. It's like a perception. Yeah. It's problem. A, yeah. It's a perception problem. Yeah. And like not, and, and you know, like, I mean, space bomb is seven years removed from that. And, and as, super tight with everyone there but like that everyone would say that that was hard and that that was that that whole season there was a lot of things that made that season hard but it was just it was just complicated man it was fucking complicated yeah if you're a musician i think it's maybe tough to understand that you not physically being around the things even though you go like well we have our computer and i have i have my phone i can call whoever it's not the same as like boots on the ground yeah. Like it feels like you're you're always behind, no matter what. Every time you leave town, it feels like I'm gonna gonna come back with a pile of shit, you yeah. know, that you never got to, or you know, people feel like, oh man, his head's over, his head's over here now. Yeah, he doesn't right. even care about the, yeah. this motherfucker doesn't even care about us anymore, yeah. or like shit like that starts again a perception situation because yeah. you only have so many hours in the day. Yeah, and and, and you just and you're also a person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with thoughts and emotions. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it was young. I mean, yeah. it was young. You know, it's the same thing we said earlier. Yeah. You know, it's not like not like everyone handled all of that great either. No. It's like no. so. It's like it, it's like too much. It's like too much to take, and then you drop the ball sometimes, right. and then like, um, not to dwell on all that, but like it was hard. Well, Releasing beginner was hard, and. And it is the thing that changed my life, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, making it was really fun, super fun. And but releasing it and go and going, and I mean, not that there weren't great parts to it, but but I mean, anyone that's close to me and has heard me talk about that time in my life would echo that it was hard as shit, man. It was. Yeah, people don't know, man. It, it, it was, it was yeah. not not a blast. Um, some of it really was a blast. It's like, it's funny in the position when you're traveling all over the world and you're having a lot of opportunities like that. Right. It's like, I would never look at it and say that I'm not thankful or I didn't have, you know, just incredibly lucky to have that opportunity. But right. the, the real deal is that, is that for Space Mom and for me and for 
for my relationship with Space Bomb and Space Bomb's relationship with me and Space Bomb's relationship with the community and my relationship with the community. Like all that, all those triangles that were in there, like there was a lot that for it to just, it was like an atomic bomb right. in like my for sure. life. Um, and, and, and other people were doing things also. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- but like you, th- you were doing that and you know, it was very, it was very similar for me, you know. Like, yeah, sure. Exactly. I thought, I thought, you know, the, the opportunity of going on tour with Bond and going out with Sufjan, of course, is like life changing, yeah. mind changing. Seeing the like, my goal says an eight year old was to see the world. Right. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Right. I didn't know what was going to stick. You know, whether it was going to be football or basketball yeah. or music or whatever. Right. Um. So, but the same thing. You know, I'm, I have a band that's rolling, and it's also oh, a, a group, sure. a group of guys. You know, that the perception can be like, oh, you must not. I guess we're getting kicked to the curb now for this opportunity. And which isn't really true. It's just like, you know, we had monthly shows and I was trying to like, okay, I get the bond schedule this amount of time. I'm going to make sure, see if I can get all our monthly shows to line up to every time I got home, which is crazy, you know, really hard to do three weeks on three weeks, three weeks off, four weeks on two weeks off kind of thing. And also again, what you're talking about is just like perception. It's just like, he must, he's not even thinking about us anymore. And you come home to like, you come home to people who are not happy they like they want to be happy for you, but they are not happy with you. You know what I mean? Like they they are unhappy, <laughs> and it's your fault. And you got to hold that. You just got to hold that L. And it's just like, well, this is very complicated. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. tragedy. You know, you have tragedy in the family, and I'm like, you know, Australia and can't get back. Yeah. You know, that's I still have regrets. I have tons of regrets about right. places I couldn't be. And shit like that. So yeah, it's very that's very normal. So like you know that that was that that happened. But Beginner that went. All of that to say. Yeah. I don't I don't want to dwell on. My relationships are really positive. I mean, I've come out really positive. Yeah. For the most part, with that, it was just a season of trial. Yeah. So <laughs> after Beginner, that happened. You dealt with it. I'm sure you you were sad that like. You don't get to own that record. It's like yeah. your very first record. Yeah. But but then you move on. What did you when you saw what did what do you think was the first time you saw like the light at the end of the tunnel as in like, okay, Space Bomb is about to do a thing. Like I what was the Natalie's next step? Natalie's record. Natalie's like, record. Natalie's record. So we recorded Natalie's record and that kind of like that was our big bet. I mean, we basically bet everything on that. Um and that was kind of in the can for a second. And we, I knew it was there, but we basically, it was kind of one of these things, another sort of classic music business thing, where we just didn't have, we were cash poor. We didn't have any money to release the record. Right. Even though things were going really well, and we were like, we need but to get this out. It wasn't liquid, though. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah. to get this out, we need to get this out. Like, So we had to wait on it for a second, and Natalie was sort of in a season where she wanted to wait on it, she wanted to try a couple different things, and that was all cool. And, um, and then when that, we... I had played that for a couple like writers that were doing interviews with me, and like at that point, my story was the space bomb story that was like very much intertwined, and like everyone was asking me this about space bomb as much as they were asking me about it as an artist, you know. Right. And so I'd been like, oh, we're doing, we have this record. I played it for a couple people who had just like flipped, mm. like when they heard it, and I was like, oh shit, okay, did something like. Like this, I think might, might, might do something, and then uh, that. Well, then we released that, and it it took off. I mean, much Big Enter did okay, did a lot better overseas than it did here, and it, I have a career because of it. Mm-hmm. But it, Natalie's record did, well, from a number point of view, did better, um, and you know, Pitchfork was like best in music, best in music, best in music, three tracks in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, that basically it just, it was the same thing again, but on a little bit larger scale. Um, and that kind of was like, okay, Space Bomb. <laughs> I mean, Space Bomb has already, always been like for, until very recently been like, it's just, living by check by check yeah man you know one, one, I mean? one, one record at a time it's like okay well we can do another one yeah or we can do another one you know and like um and so that but at that point like i i released my second record basically along the time the almost within a month of Nat- natalie releasing her first record so i was kind of gone 
like I was basically gone for her whole record cycle. Mm-hmm. We were kind of passing each other in the night. Um, and then, you know, that kind of, again, it's like a little bit firmer a foundation for the label. Definitely the, having sort of not like one, the one-two punch of my record and Natalie's record sort of opened up doors in the, in the music industry world kind of behind closed doors because it was like, oh, wow, you guys did it once. That's nice. Did it twice. Uh, Maybe let's there's talk. something here. Yeah. You know? Um, so that definitely kind of began to grease the wheels a little bit in terms of maybe something a little bit bigger coming along. Um, yeah, Natalie, Natalie record. And that, yeah, and, and that, I mean, that kind of, my second record was going kind of not as good as beginner, to be perfectly honest, but it still S- Sophomore slump? Yeah, a little bit. And I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with... But you're just not, you just aren't famous. It's like how it's like yeah. hard to yeah, well, manufacture yeah. that. Well, I mean, it's know? funny. It's like I think it making my second record was a lot of I don't know, man. I mean, there was just so much tied up in how Beginner was made and like making sure. I I mean, this is the way I I put it. I just finished my third record and I felt like for the first time ever. I mean, not kind of first time making records under my own name. I wasn't making a record with two agendas. I felt like Beginner and Fresh Blood, both of them, I was making my own record, but I also was trying to support the Space Bomb vision and trying to like invest back into Space Bomb. And like, and there was just two agendas that I was kind of juggling. Like you, you kind of wanted those records, I mean, to be super... Blunt, you like you want you wanted those records to be successful. They like you yeah. you, you were you were like putting some chips on the table. Yeah, you know bit, what I mean. But this time you feel like you just got to to, to just make music however you wanted to make it. This well, time, I mean, it wasn't like it was more like I like it was like I had to go, but not that I wouldn't. I mean, I I basically made my record at Space Bomb the third time, but the second time it was like I had to do that. Like there was there if I had been like I'm going to go out to L.A. I mean, I would have fucking been executed yeah, here you know, what I, you know what yeah. I mean like and, and, and not not that I didn't want to because I did want to it's just I just mean it's just is it's just is I just mean there was a lot in the air I I, I kind of like refer to Fresh Blood as it's like it's like an album of secrets there's all kind of shit that was happening both in my personal life and then like with Space Bomb not that there was anything weird with Space Bomb it was just that like we had just moved studios so I ended up using a studio that was like brand new and kind of in the, in the spirit of like, let's keep, let's build this. And like, I'm using my record advance to kind of help build the label, the, the just kind of pay back into the label, which was the whole thing. I mean, that was the whole thing. And I was happy to do that. Right. I just, when I look back on it from in retrospect, I can see that, that I thought I, and I basically started writing that record, like right after I got home from beginner and I can, I know at the time that I would have looked everyone in the face and said, like, that was a great year. I feel really centered, and I'm going to go and make this a better thing than I made before, and, like, I know how to do it better. And I just wasn't, man. I was a, a mess. Like, just pers- personally? Mess. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and just wasn't, like, on my own two feet. Like, and I just kind of made that record in that dome and i think it it i like i mean i like the record but it i feel like it doesn't quite have the the spirit the sort of the joy and the spirit that like the first record does and i think the new record does um and i think it's, that, it's honest though you know yeah what well, is you it weren't is. happy yeah yeah so like <laughs> shit ain't happy, I know. So. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it is honest i just mean yeah. when i look back yeah. it didn't quite hit the same way yeah and i think it makes sense to me like at the time i, I was like pissed mm. But like with a little bit of space, it's like oh, I I get why. And I it was kind of you know it wasn't. And there's some practical things too, man, in terms of like giving the label something to work with as far as singles and like how they work records and what makes records go and things like that that mm. I wasn't aware of or or had any time. I didn't have time for that conversation. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare trying and, to like make a single. Yeah, yeah. And, or just even it's it's a funny it is a funny headspace. And it's like, the, the ironic thing is everybody likes singles. Like, yeah, well, that's all we do now. Yeah, that, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. in the sense that we like music 
that a record label would refer to as a single. Mm-hmm. Like we, people I love, do. yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, I do. Yeah. Like you do. Like we yeah. all like. We're like, yeah, that, you know, whatever it is, like Motown or James Brown or Michael mm-hmm. Jackson or whatever. Everything. It's like that. That Prince. shit's great. I mm-hmm. love that music, and that is. There are things about that music that when a record label and and to be, I mean, I gotta say very clearly that Domino, my label, never, never, ever in a million years has pressed me for that and doesn't talk to it's me. Lucky, I am. I, I mean, I have everything nice in the world to say about Domino as a label. Like they've never pressed me for anything like that. Their A and R process is very hands off. But I just know as someone who runs a label that what makes shit go is oftentimes the ability to hand one song to the gatekeepers and for that to open doors. And mm. I didn't really do that on Fresh Blood, really. Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of what would be like big the love, song. Yeah, Big, big, big love, love was the song. Big Love was the song, man. Yeah. And that like, that like opened everything. And like there was, Rock and Roll's Cold was kind of, but it wasn't, it just didn't have the same legs. And I didn't, and Domino, that what I'm talking about now was never a conversation with Domino. That it's just me learning mm. when I look back on that record and realize that it was a little flat compared to. I mean, I still, you know, toured around the world and had a time of my life. <laughs> but but right. but, and actually, I should interject there that that experience, even though the record didn't do quite as good, um, that band, me, Alan, Pinson, and Cameron, that was like. Yeah, man, that was the shit. That solidified it. Yeah, that and to me, that's like, that was that was one of the great musical experiences of my life was getting to play with that band every night, and I felt like we were just fucking fire. Yeah, like by, I remember seeing those shows end. and thinking that. I feel like that's what made you made y'all the house band you wanted. You always yeah. saw your y'all selves as being. Yeah, man, you know? and it, it was it was um that was really special, and that almost unrelated moves. Well, yeah, almost unrelated to the record, that was its own experience. Um, and then, what was, I, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, uh, the single the, thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, that, um, it's just, there's a lot, there's, there's practical concerns that go into releasing a record and how it goes, how it resonates out into the world. And, yeah. and I think I didn't really equip the label in the best way. I think, honestly, I thought, Beginner was so thrown, like, I was so spoiled by Beginner, man. I can't say that enough. It's like, I just made this thing, didn't think anything of anything, yeah. gave it to somebody, got like 10 out of 10 in The Guardian, and was playing so, to like thousands of people, and it was just what like, fuck? what? <laughs> cool, man, I'll just make what, it, I'll just make a thing, and like, it'll be cool, and mm-hmm. like, I realized real fast that, that that wasn't how it worked. Mm-hmm. I, I got lucky, and it was good timing, and I made something pretty good the first time, but it's, you can't just, it doesn't, it's not repeat. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Maybe it does or something, but it doesn't work it's for on. me like that, you know, man. It's mm-hmm. like, I had to, you know, and, and that's all good. And just, that was a learning process and, and really fun. And after that, you know, I feel like you, you were kind of embraced and really started doing all the European stuff a lot. And then yeah. it seemed like that came back here. Yeah. You know, you had yeah. um I can't remember all the, the names, but you had the um the single the uh covers record. Oh with yeah, Homegirl. The, the thing with Flow and that went mm-hmm. you know what's funny about that is that was again kind of like beginner, weirdly, like something that was less thought about. It was just like I met this woman, Flo Morrissey, on kind of on tour, and she was um uh, just a friend and we talked about doing a covers record and she came over for two weeks we did this covers record and like to, to you know to a, a, a lot of people that's like the record that they know it's weird that's like very surprising to me that's like that's <laughs> like that's like people will be like oh yeah you're like look at what the light did now or the grease guy or whatever you know it's like all right okay, sure goodness. all right so uh so you did that and then you had the bedouin that was and another then, oh, project then, and then bet so the natalie thing allowed us again it was kind of like sort of simultaneous stories here, but like the Natalie record allowed us to really basically have one more record. And then we released Bedouin and the Bedouin thing and the flow thing. Bedouin's record came out on space bomb and the flow record came out on glass note. Cause she signed to glass note mm-hmm. and I signed to Domino and Domino passed on Domino was cool. Once again, Domino's always been cool. And they were like, we'll just let you put it on glass note. We don't want to do a split release. And mm-hmm. it's, we're fine with not doing it. Right. So we'll put it on glass note. So that was like me working with glass note for the first time. Glass note is a record label. 
come into play later in the story potentially, but started by Daniel Glass, who did a. All, I did not know his name was Daniel Glass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did all kinds of things in the seventies, eighties. Now he was like a, one of the early like New York kind of party DJs, and then like sort of parlayed that into uh, a record label career, like signed Boy George and put out who let the dogs out and like all kinds of shout out to the Baja man yeah yeah kind of like had a ridiculous major label A&R executive Mm -hmm. career and then in the 2000s he basically saw that the major label ship was sinking and bet that bet everything that he could he could make a an indie label on his own merit and his talent which was a very very good bet for him and he has signed uh, Phoenix and Childish Gambino and Mumford and Sons, and has done very well for himself. And that's cl- that's a sh- very very short, sorry Daniel history history of Glass Note. Um, and Flo, it was an artist on Glass Note, kind of like had a record come out, but we're not not Mumford and Sons. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, anyway, so we made that record and. Bedouin put out her record, and that did really well. That was another one that did kind of, I don't know, man. Just Space Home had didn't have as much to do with that. We did the arrangements on it. Okay. She produced it in L.A. That was kind of the first time where we kind of opened Outsource. up. Outsource. Yeah, we kind of opened. And that was something that we talked about very, like, we talked about that a lot. That wasn't an accident about, like, being able to, like, take, if someone, we wanted to be in a position where if someone handed us a record and we thought it was, like, drop dead amazing, that we could put it out, and that was okay under the space bomb umbrella so we sort of that was a conversation that's going on part of that is because the house band was like on tour all the time mm-hmm. at that in that season it was like well how are we going to make records because i was like right. how are we going to make records when when like half the band's out with natalie and half the band's out with me and like yeah. no one's home together at the same time for like 24 months there's a lot of practical things there um so but, but bedouin was wonderful i mean she straight up handed me her demo in a bar Cool. And was like, walked up to me after a show in LA and said, Hey, um, would you listen to a song? One song, if I send it to you. And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, Don't, my artist name is Bedouin. Uh, I'm going to email you a song. Don't listen to anything else. Just listen to this one song. And she sent me a song and it was fucking incredible. Yeah. And I was like, She's got an amazing voice. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, it was like, it was the only thing that I've ever heard really. It was just like, uh, I remember be- sitting in a van with Alan, and it was like, you know, you're in a van, you're kind of like spaced out, and like just out of it, blown out a little bit. And I heard him, it was just like, this shit is incredible, man. And like, I remember passing the headphones to Alan, being like, is this like as good? This is good, right? Is, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like that kind of thing. Like, is this as good as I think that it is? And and he listened, he's like, dude, this is amazing. And it was that, it was just like, all right, so it's, but but again, it was the same thing. It was like we were Space Bomb didn't have a lot of resources because we were all kind of all in on that, and it takes a long time for that to kind of come back. Um, and uh, so then we put a better one, and that did pretty good. See, um, and, and that kind of leads us up to now in a that way. Kind of right? leads us you up know, to now, yeah. Andy, Andy put a project out. Yeah. Andy, and then um, uh, Andy Jenkins. It's just Andy, Andy Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was kind of like um, Space Bomb uh, partnered with Daniel. I mean, that, like, I don't know how much you know about that, but that's like the glass note. Well, yeah, yeah I heard about that, but again, it's we don't never know what anything means. Yeah, well, it's, I yeah. mean, it's, it just means. I was like, Space Bomb is he, bought. I thought they bought Space Bomb. Daniel Glass bought a a portion of Space Bomb. Okay, that basically. makes sense to me. Okay, um, but not Glass Note didn't. Daniel did. Oh, okay. Um, so Daniel came on as an investor. And got an advisor, basically, because um, he, he, I had done stuff. Basically, the combination of me doing that record with Flo and him really like kind of being like, "Whoa, this is, this is more than I was expecting." Out of like he'd given us like a really really small budget, and it was like, I think he was excited by. He thought it had overachieved, mm-hmm. and it definitely did overachieve. Mm-hmm. Like in that, and if you're measuring things that way, um, and. And then he was aware of the Bedouin record because that kind of made a, a splash a little bit. And he sort of approached us and was like, hey, man, what, what, what is this? What is this thing, mm. this space bomb thing? 
Give him um, the elevator pitch. Yeah, basically gave him yeah. the elevator pitch. It took about a year to work. I mean, it took a long fucking time to work out. And a lot of, I mean, it's, you know. The, Typing. It's, yeah, lawyers. a lot of lawyers <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah. And and he just came on as, a, as an investor. And, and that that helped that helped things, man. It, and um, so we put out Andy's record and Sleepwalkers record. And oh, right, well, we, yes. Okay, so that's that's present. Yeah, Sleepwalkers. So, so, that so, just let's tell me about what you got going on, like right now. Yeah. So right now, uh, Andy Jenkins just released a new EP. Sleepwalkers have have just released a record. What's the scene with that? Are they on Space Bomb? Yep. Are you just are you releasing records that they made, or did, did no. Space Bomb make the record no, with them? They, they have made. We have nothing to do with that. From a Y'all are just. Point of view. I feel like that's a big change. Yeah, that's this a big change. Like they, yeah. someone came to you with a done record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Angelica's records, but so we just signed Angelica Garcia. Yeah. Angelica Garcia, and she released. Shout out to Angelica. Yeah. She released a couple singles, and she has a record coming out. That's she's a badass man. She's yeah, fucking out of here, bro. Man. She's so <laughs> unbelievable. She's she's got the she's got fighting spirit. When every time I see her, I'm just like I'm I'm like happier. You know yeah, what I mean? It's just great. like yeah. I love. She lights it up, man. Yeah. And we saw her. Um, we did the show in Austin that was like for South by that was like all basically like a a lot of space bomb artists or the, uh, people that have come in for production who are like associated with space bomb in one way or the other and did like it's like five hours of music that the house band like backed people up was sort of insane but um she did a set like a solo set her like loop stuff mm-hmm. and it like fucking tore the house down it was she crazy kills. man yeah it was crazy it was like i was just like oh my god angelica that's effortless yes yeah, effortless yeah. man it was like just it was amazing and so i'm very happy about that i think it's a great it's nice. Both Sleepwalkers and Angelica are nice because they're local, man. It's like, yeah. that's cool. We're not signing them because they're local. Like, in I that, always thought that that was like the thing sense. y'all were missing in a way. Like, like local you, signings. Yeah, local signings and like people who look different. You know, like yeah. different type of music and different like backgrounds. Yeah. Like, like not less beards yeah. and less indiness. You know what I mean? Well, to, to be fair, there's only one beard. Woo! Woo! Talk <laughs> that shit, boy. Woo! Uh, no, everybody's got a beard. Alan uh, doesn't have a beard. <laughs> well, yeah, from that side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, so that's been really good. Sleepwalker's good. Angelica's great. Um, that only just had a record come out. Um, what else? Like I was saying before we turn on the mics, we have a, a series, um, a Live at Space Bomb series that just kind of allows us to work with friends in the industry who aren't necessarily signed to the label so we did something with his golden messenger his golden messenger it's come, it's i'm his. saying it louder i'm just saying oh, it louder oh yeah <laughs> uh and Sincane. um did think something with fruit bats and vetiver earlier this year fruit bats that's a fun band yeah it's cool they're they're definitely out of left field yeah. but they sound so good that it doesn't matter in yeah. a way you know yeah, what i mean it's great and that's something you know it's, it's funny I mean, the whole space bomb they world, have a fun I, a funness about them yeah. that's different you know yeah, yeah. Um, it just the whole space bomb world from talking space bomb point of view has just grown tremendously like out of and I was saying this before we you got your own space too, now it's like yeah it's like we have our own studio and like I I am involved but it's it used to be more of like a Matt White I mean it just started that way because I was the I was the founder and I was the driver mm-hmm. of it now it has its own it's its own thing it's rolling and yeah it's it's like I'm in there occasionally, but like I'm, I am focused at least as much, or if not mostly, on like Matthew E. White as solo artist and kind of like doing that stuff. Anything I produce kind of goes through Space Bomb, but like Space Bomb is a is a, a real record label. With I a, know with an office it's amazing with, with, with people that work in an office from nine to five every day. Yeah, one hundred six Robinson. You can go see him if you want, and like I got to go by there. And, and, like, and a great team, you yeah, know. I feel like it just, would it works well because you're yeah. you have a team full of go getters. Yeah, like man. Trey, Trey is a go getter. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, he yeah. he's getting it done. Alan, you know, and like Cameron again is a deep artist. Yeah, man. Pinson, a very deep artist. You know what I mean. And like those guys, it's like, you know, it's just it's just a lot bigger than, a lot bigger and a lot more energy and a lot more work than like, than me. You know, I think I think people kind of project it as more of a can sometimes in interviews or like I'll read things. It's like as if it's like a Matt White thing, and it really at this point it is. 
partially a Matt White thing, but not. It is a. It's like merge. It's like a. I mean, you got it off the like, ground, man. Merge like a, is always going to be Mac. It's yeah. like it doesn't matter it's what like he label, says. It's know? a label that goes, man, yeah. and yeah. and that's cool. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of those guys. I mean, Dan and Jesse and Dean and Trey and all those guys that like run it, work their ass off day to day to like make it, make it go. And and hopefully the the ideas, you know, we're all kind of like, all kind of working. It all kind of goes a little bit back into the same pot and and just. You never know. I mean, I think the music industry is funny, man. You never know when it's going to, like, we were saying kind of with Fight the Big Balls, like, you never know when it's going to end. No, it's like, gonna like, happen there's no guarantee that Space Bomb lasts right. for five more years. You know right. what I mean? It, it, it's not like, it, you know, it's not like a university with an endowment or something. It's like, it's, it's still going basically check by check. And, like, if we have, a, if we have records that do well, we still, we, exist and if mm. we have a string of records that do badly we will no we'll be longer in trouble. exist <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah and like yeah. and it's very it's very it's in a way up. it's tedious in that way i mean it's it's a, a startup in a the sharp edge of the knife like you feel that yeah i mean that is very much a part of space bomb's life is like trying to keep it in the black man and trying mm-hmm. to trying to make it work um because it's a funky industry man it's not pretty it in a lot of places it's a weird it's a weird business that's yeah, what i art, say that's art like, and commerce is like you know yeah. it's a weird weird intersection that's like my sort of toss off one liner it's like it's a weird business man it's a weird business and i mean that as deep as it can be said it's a funny way to try to make money yeah and it's a fucked up way to make money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was even talking about that, you know. Yeah, yeah. it is, man. It yeah. is. It's fucked up. And like, and like, I, I think, I've sort of like, I feel like my scales have kind of evened out a little bit. Whereas, sure. like, you know, beginner came out, and I was like, man, this shit's fucking great. Like, this is a great place. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And then, like, over the years, it's like you see people that try their just work their ass off, and who are at least as talented or if not more talented than other people that you know yeah. that are killing it. And you're like, damn, man, like the common denominator for success, financial success is not talent by any stretch yeah, of the stick imagination. It, stick, it, stick with itness. it. Yeah. It's, it's other, and getting lucky. It's other things. Yeah. 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 Getting lucky. You gotta have a, a, big, a song big yeah. part of it. And like, I don't mean to take a, away from people who've achieved things because most people who achieve things have worked very, very hard, but there, there's still a, an inconsistency and a, and just a rhythm of the industry that's cruel, man, and and doesn't. There's no loyalty. There's mm-hmm. no like honoring of. It's not a a meritocracy by any stretch of the imagination. Or is it? Re- it really is, though, in a way. You know what I mean? Well, you do people like the top does what the top does. Oh yeah, well, in that, you know in that sense, yeah, yeah. And, and everyone else has to reckon with it, yeah, reckon with the rules. Yeah, and it's funny, with, man. So it's like it's like a label who's sitting on the middle, low middle rung. Yeah, you know, you're, and as an artist, it's basically in the same spot. It's like, it's not, it's a, it's I would I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. I'm thank I'm very very thankful for this journey, mm-hmm. and for really it's so much about the time with people mm-hmm. i think that's the more the longer i go like that's what i'm thankful for is yeah. like that i get to hang out with pinson and cameron all the time for sure i would love and to like, hang out with pinson and cameron and all the time like, i i get to see alan all the time and yeah. I, I like I, I walk in the office and jesse's there yeah my best friend he's the best man at my wedding and we live together forever and mm-hmm. you know, there he is there he is in the office and like shout out to jesse shout out to jesse and that's cool man and like that is why it's fun because there's a lot of parts about it that aren't fun. Sometimes, of course, you know. I mean, I've uh, I've got the chance to <clears throat> I've got a chance to watch it and also try my own things and like fail and things at work and you right. know and like totally see it and like I'm beyond proud. I remember seeing. I remember when you called me, but like, yeah, I got a label, man. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, cool, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's right. very exciting, you know. And uh, and like watching it, and I was wor- I was very worried for a second. I was, you know, I'm keeping real because that's how we are yeah, together. But I was like, I was worried. I was like, I don't know what these boys are doing right now. This shit is looking, <laughs> shit is looking weird. I don't know who these dudes are pariahs. They're hiding in a in a music cave yeah. or something. <laughs> and but then now I see it and I see the success and just like. B 
beyond proud. And I mean, I feel like you should uh, stand on it and be the face of it, of a label. I feel like it makes it easier for people to digest what you're doing when it's not, when you don't back off and say it's just like, it's just this machine moving by itself. It makes more sense to see of you right. and like you're thoughtful and you're you're a thoughtful person. You're a good talker and like I think the more of this kind of shit, like the more people actually talk to you, the less weird, the less uh, complicated it seems. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, it, so I feel like you're doing a great job and like I can't wait to see all the new shit you do and. I've loved seeing it and throughout all the years of our relationship, the ups and downs that like, you know, I seriously love you, man, and I hope you have even more success. That's it. Love you in the magazine. In your face. <laughs>